Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com, where we bring your future favorite artists to you today. Take the time to visit our website, HeritageHipHop.com and subscribe. Members get free music and you get introduced to the new future leaders of our hip hop generation. This episode is also sponsored by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. Changing your financial future is a very big decision and one choice can help you with the rest of your life. And that choice is fixing your credit score and preparing yourself to receive money when you open your wallet instead of paying out debt when you do the same thing. To do such, go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. Fill out the application and you get 20% off of all services given by Transparent Credit Repair. So please, if you're looking to change your financial future and hold on to more money than pay out, please go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. On this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we talk to a new voice, a young voice who loves boom bap music, but wants to talk to the soul and heart of today's generation. His name is Zaire. Whether he's doing hip hop or EDM, He's changing the world through his perspective, and we want to introduce you to that perspective today. So relax, enjoy the interview, and I'll come back with my commentary when it's finished. Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we bring your future favorite artists to you today. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. Become a member and get treated to free music and the greatest playlists and interviews that independent hip hop can give you. And on the line tonight, I have a new voice that's very deep and very expanded. Introduce yourself to the people. Uh, what's going on, y'all? This is Zaire, uh, straight out of Brooklyn, Crown Heights, uh, 22. Started doing music at, in 2017 at 19. And, um, you know, now I'm just grinding with it, just trying to get my name out there. Let's go into who Zaire is, because Zaire, by definition, means river. And as you know, a river can flow, and at the top of the river, you see what looks like something simple. But within the river, there's life, and there's different things that go on that can inspire change and form its own environment. Does that represent you? Do you have a calm look, but inside there's so much creativity that you're waiting to give life from it? Yeah, I would definitely say that. Like, there's a lot of um, sides to my creativity that I'm working on. I feel like the best is yet to come for me. Like, I feel like I'm really scratching the surface of what I'm doing. But um, I think, you know, in terms of music, all of this was manifested um, years before I even laid down any verses on any track or produced anything, just through life experiences and, um, you know, just listening to um, artists that I'm inspired by. Like, I always knew I wanted to do it. So once I got my confidence up and I stopped caring about, you know, what people thought about me and everything like that, I just, I just went full force. And, you know, now I'm talking to you. I'll appreciate that because part of what makes somebody great is that they take their art from their life to project a message. By listening to your music, I know there's a lot that you've seen. What in life inspires you and your music? Um, the main thing that inspires me is uh, my mom and my immediate family just knowing um, how hard they work in their lifetime just to give me and my cousin 
um, and, you know, our immediate family, just a good life and everything like that, just seeing how strong they were, um, those are the things that really make me want to pursue music and also just things that was going on in my community. Like, I know people um, that's younger than me that passed away. I know people that I've been seeing since I was a child that passed away. Um, I've seen a lot of things in my travels and everything like that. I've been in a lot of crazy life situations, but I, I made it through somehow, even things like I didn't know exactly how I was going to get through it, but I, I made it through somehow. So all that is reflected in my music and, you know, just wanting to represent the city as well, being from Brooklyn. You know, I wanted to I wanted to have the city, you know, very well represented. So that's the main thing. Yeah, Brooklyn is too big to even begin with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brooklyn <laughs> is a country. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like people can say they're from New York, but when you're from Brooklyn, New York, it has a whole different identity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Tell me about Crown Heights. How does Crown Heights inspire you? So Crown Heights, it inspires me because that's my, that's my first home. You know, wherever I go, that's always going to be my home. And, um, you know, it's the place where, you know, I grew up. You know, I, I lived in different places, like in Queens and everything like that, but that's always going to be my first home. So, you know, that's that's where um, I was living with my grandmother and, you know, my grandmother lives there. And, you know, that's, like I said, that's just home to me. Like, every time I come back and, you know, I'm, if I'm away from travel and everything like that, like, I go there to, like, really bask in the ambiance of who I am, really. So I look around and I just see, like, just reflections of me in the city. So it, it's just home. Besides Zaire, who are some of the famous voices that come from Crown Heights? Uh, um, I would say Tutu G. Um, he, I think, I think they, uh, they, um, they from there too. And um, uh, what is his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But it's another young. Oh, J. Otter Prince. That's who it is. Um, he from Crown Heights too. Interesting, because, hmm, you, you know what's bugged out when it comes to knowing who we are, especially in relation to where we're from. We, we we have a special obligation to represent for where we're from, but we also have to take a lot of where we're from with us when it comes to where we go in our destinations. And you talked about the love of your parent, you know, your parents, grandparents, grandma, and, and you're well-traveled. What is it about Crown Heights that re it's relatable everywhere, especially in music? The music is just like um, mainly how upbeat and, you know, how thriving the city is really as a whole. Um, not just the Crown Heights area, but Brooklyn as a whole, like the, the, the fast pace and the movement, you know, it's always something new. It's always something happening, um, good or bad. But it, you just choose to form your own perspective of what that is. And, um, and the music, that's definitely reflected by, you know, the current trends always changing, statistics always changing, algorithms always changing, things like that. So when we get to the principles and, like, the science of it and everything like that, it's always changing. It's like a, it's always evolving, just like music, just like anything else in this, in this life. You know, it's, it's constantly evolving. So as you've grown up, because you said you started doing music at 19, right? So let's go to that 0 to 19 time. Let's talk about all those 19 years. When a man is, is, is born, he is a a, a, a huge tree and as you get older you prune your tree and you cut off the things that don't really grow with you anymore like for instance maybe when you were younger you liked football basketball baseball and soccer you know what i'm saying but then as you matured into your manhood you was like man maybe i don't like basketball so much maybe i don't like soccer maybe i don't like football maybe i just like baseball you know something like that and 
music is your ear for music is the same when you're young all you know is what you hear but then as you get older the influence start to take shape who were some of the musical people that influenced you that made you want to become a creator not just somebody who consumes music um so my my uh, main influence um before 2009 was jv and then michael jackson had passed away so then i did my research and i actually you know, started understanding why people were so sad. So then Michael Jackson became my biggest influence. But um, Jay-Z, Chris Brown, um, Nas, Tupac, Biggie, Big L, uh, TLC. Um, I like a lot of people, really. So, like, Nirvana, um, you know, different bands and everything like that. And people from this day and age, too, like like Lil Uzi and um, uh, Wiz Khalifa, too. Currency is nice. It's a lot of people. Hmm. See, I feel that because... You are not just a rapper. You're a producer. And you have made music, not just rapped on music. You see what I'm saying? Right. Everybody that's listening to this, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop, interview on Zaire, new voice from Brooklyn. And we're going to talk about some of his projects because Euphoric Vibes, the EP, was very different. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I didn't even expect that when I, when I, when I, even ventured into thought because when you look at the album cover right this a young man with some glasses you know he whipping his hair a little bit he got some blue on you know what i'm saying it looks like it, it doesn't even look like a vibe picture it looks like a statement picture what did you want people to think about when they saw the the cover art for euphoric vibes um i just wanted to symbolize freedom of expression and um in the moment while i was doing the photo shoot um my boy justin Thomas, was, i gotta shout him out for taking the pictures um, I just want to get more comfortable in front of the camera because I know later on in life there's other avenues I want to pursue. So um, with the cover art aspect, I really wanted it to be like something vibrant because I knew um, coming into the music industry and everything like that, once I put out my first project, I knew I didn't want it to be a hip-hop project because that would be something different. Like it's something that you would expect of an artist to drop something hip-hop or an R&B. That's why I took the EDM route. And um, at the time, I had only been working on EDM for not even a full, maybe maybe somewhat under a year when the project had released. So I was really taking those steps and learning and everything like that. But I was just enjoying the whole creative process about it. And, um, you know, in terms of the cover art, I just wanted it to, to stand out and be a definitive body of work. So I think that came, that came through. I'm sure nobody's ever asked you about your cover art before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I come from the era where whenever you released a project, whether it be a single, but especially an EP or album, the art, the 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 cover, um, I mean the inside cover, we we would read the lyrics, the shout outs, who produced it. I come from that era where when I listened to your music, I got fully invested because not only did I spend my money, I wanted to know who you were. And when I listened to Euphoric Vibes, some of the sounds actually came through on another level because you said you did EDM first, and anybody doesn't know EDM is electric music. It's it's electric dance music. It's something with a vibe that you got to catch it and you got to just feel it and vibe out to it. You know what I'm saying? And fluorescent melodies and psychedelic chant. Those are the first two tracks on there, and the 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 beat pattern and the thump actually changed direction in the beat and i know that you took that into your rhyme style too when you when you create music 
what do you hear or, or what is the voice that leads you into your creation? Um, you know, a lot of people kind of ask me that question, but um, it, it, it really depends. Sometimes um, I could just really be vibing out with whatever I'm doing. And um, how, I, how I like to, you know, answer that question is, like, I usually start out with one sound and then build upon it like that. So it's kind of like putting a puzzle together pretty much. And um, I'm just building upon the steps of whatever I did previously. So when I move on to another track or I'm making that transition into, like, a, a different segment of the track, I just want to, you know, up it. You know, just everything that I, I want to do, I want to make it bigger and broader than the last time. So that's that's the main thing. But in terms of creating and writing lyrics, it's um it could be a variation of what I hear, or it could be something that's on my mind now that's weighing on me heavy. Um, it could be it's the beat, and the beat just really speaks to me that I made in a certain way where I, I draw up the lyrics real quick. And sometimes I gotta rest my brain for the lyrics, but you know at the end of the day, just enjoying that creative process and going in the creative process is the main thing for me. I'm about to give you something that I think nobody has ever given you. Have you ever listened to Miles Davis before? I've heard the name, but I I don't think I have. Okay, so Miles Davis is one of the greatest jazz musicians that ever lived, period. Mm -hmm. And he has one of my favorite albums in history. It's called Blue and Green with him, I think, Duke Ellington, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but it is definitely a Miles Davis album. And what you said sounded exactly like what Miles Davis said. They asked him, how did he come up with the concepts to do jazz music? And if there was a sound, what sound would you want to make a jazz song out of? And this man said, sneakers. And they was like, what? And he was like, you ever heard somebody run and hear the sneaker against the gym floor? He said, that's music. And what I do is start from one sound like a sneaker and I go wherever the sound of the spirit takes me. He said, if I could make a song with a sneaker and a basketball, I think that would be the best song I've made. And he always said his best song was the song he made at the moment. That sounded like what you said. How do you count your moments? And how do you use your moments to create sound and music? Um, how I use my moments? Um, I really just like to get um, very engulfed in the creative process. So mainly just channeling in and just really being fully immersed in what I'm doing in that current situation in terms of, you know, whether it's an EDM project or just a single that I'm working on, I try to, like, fully invest myself in it to the point where it's, like, once I get out that finished product, I feel like I poured my all into it. So now when I'm going into something else, I can mentally wrap my mind around that. But I try to just mentally and emotionally invest my, my, my all into what I'm doing. So... By the time it gets to the listener, they, they have a certain reaction or a certain feeling. And um, it's kind of crazy that you had uh, mentioned that, that your reaction to the project because um, that was the reaction I was actually looking for in terms of surprising people and taking people by surprise. So I appreciate you for appreciating my art. Oh, no doubt, man. That's what we're here for. Heritage Hip Hop is not a – we're not a bougie platform. We really care about the people who make music. So the questions that we ask – are to understand your creative process and to give the people something to invest in. You know, we don't we don't just say go go stream somebody's music. Our goal is to have people connect with you and also buy your music because we don't believe in streaming. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but let's continue because let's come out of the EDM world for a minute and let's talk about music as a whole. How do you define music? Like, what is that? Um, music to me. It could be a variation of things. It's, I think 
um, the easiest way to put it is like music can be written or creative out of circumstance, um, feelings and emotion, or just um, life experiences. So it varies on what the true definition of it is because, you know, I don't think it's one way to define it, but it's really like a creative outlet and it's really something that can either heal the world or, um, you know, it can, it can evict so much emotion out of you. Like, you ever notice, like in the 70s, um, in the Soul Train era, like, when those funk records would come on, people will automatically start dancing. It's because the music knows no bounds. It go, it, it, it really doesn't need permission to make you feel a certain way. So I feel like it's like an emotional statement, really. Okay. I'm glad you said that. So then why do we put expiration dates and age restrictions on music, you think, especially in urban society? Um, I believe that some ears aren't um, as ready to digest that content. Like, um, especially if it's something that has, like, a suggestive theme or, like, a sexual theme behind it. Like, it's certain things that children, like, if, um, you know, a child is listening to maybe WAP or something like that, they don't necessarily need to be hearing that because they're going to have those questions that they really don't really, they don't understand exactly what it is that they're listening to or that they're repeating. So um, it, it's some things that should be censored. Just for the sake of the fact that not everybody, especially the young kids, is not going to understand exactly what they're saying. You don't want your child just to be going around saying anything out their mouth. So I feel like that would probably be the main reason why. Okay, so then let's take it to another level because I call this Rehoboamism. Do you know the story of Rehoboam? No, I don't. All right, so in the Bible, right, you heard of King David before, right? Yes. Okay, you know, David slowed Goliath. He slayed Goliath, man. You know, he was the king. All right, David did some stuff and. Basically, he had a son. His son was King Solomon. You're the King Solomon, right? Yeah. Why is this man on the earth? So he said in the Bible, right? So this Solomon had a son called Rehoboam. His name is Rehoboam. And what Rehoboam did was he exiled all the elder people and only listened to the young people. And then that's what separated the kingdom into two kingdoms. What happened was the youth did not recognize the elders. And ever since then, in history... It seems, maybe before, but, you know, I'm using it for this part. This is part of the interview. It's always been that elder, that's old, y'all old, y'all young, y'all disrespectful, y'all disrespectful. You don't listen. You don't listen. We don't want to hear you. We don't want to hear you. You know what I'm saying? And we bicker and bitch, part of my language, and we lose the, the, the unity in our community that comes forth through the music, through praise, through worship, through expression. Have you have you encountered that with you being a younger person getting into music that somebody older than you just did not want to give ear or give you a chance or listen? Um, actually, I haven't. Um, it's been actually the opposite. Like a lot of older people, when they listen to especially my songs that have more of a boom bap element to it, they really like you know like wow they they be asking like how old am I stuff like that. And once I tell them I'm 22, they be like you don't really seem like you are that young, you know, to them that's young, to me, it feels like a lifetime, but um, <laughs> I feel like, it, I feel like, you know, in terms of that, that unity and the division aspect of it, it's mainly because it's a difference of perspective. Like, mm. um, it's people like me that have listened to Reasonable Doubt, Ready to Die, and, you know, it was written, Illmatic, stuff like that, but it's other people that's also my age that only listen to music that have came out since, you know, 2010 and everything like that, so it's really like I said, a difference of perspective and also how the conversation is brought about because if it's two people and we yelling at each other back and forth, back and forth, there's never going to be a resolution. 
But if we come, you know, have a level-headed conversation, like this is my this is my issue, this is your issue, we gonna talk about it, make amends, then there can be some kind of resolution. But until that that kind of happens, which I mean, the older generations are starting to understand like these are just the times that we live in. So like I said, when music is evolving and everything like that, it, it's just the way that it's gonna be. Like the boom bap sound. I'm not, it, it's deaf to me personally, I love it. Like it's something I will forever listen to. But to other people, it's just like a difference of demographic and target audience and things like that. So it, like I said, it's just a difference of perspective. Hmm. Everybody, this is Karev on Heritage Hip Hop with Zaire. New producer, new voice in music culture, not just hip hop. And I want to talk to you right now about some of the music that you've made that really, really grows upon your message to who you are and why you are. And I want to talk about the song, I Just Want to Dance. What does that song mean to you? Oh, that's crazy because that's actually, that's actually not my song. It's not? That's because a, it's no, on your page. That's somebody, yeah, that's somebody who has the same name as me. So okay, well, forget it. Forget the question. Yeah. Forget the question. Yeah. So if that's not you, how about Back to Business? Well, Back to Business, um, that song kind of derived where um, – it was a late night. Uh, I just said, you know, I hadn't produced anything in a while. I was like, I need to get back to business pretty much. So um, I found that initial loop, and um, it was really speaking to me. So <clears throat> I grabbed the drum, the drum pad, and I threw the jumps to it. And um, I had posted, like, a little snip of it on my Instagram. Um, and people were really, like, vibing with the beat. And then my brother, who was the feature on this day, Savage, um, he hit me up. He was like, yo, I want to get on this because at the time we hadn't had a track yet. So I'm like, all right, perfect. You know, we killed two birds at one stone. And um, I wrote to it. I recorded it. And he recorded his verse and um, we put it out. And it was it was cool creating with him, not only because he's my brother, but he also goes very hard with his music as well. Like he, you know, he's real invested into his music to say the least. And um, with, with the whole idea of Back to Vengeance, it was just like me getting back to work, getting back to um, you know, forming lyrics, producing, and everything like that, like getting back to my artistry. Hmm. Okay. Let's give you, let's be real about what I hear, what I hear from you. Music yeah. to you is your escapism from something. It's like you're using music not only to be expressive, but you're using music to find something that you, that's inside that you haven't been yet to express. Is that true? Anyway, it's, it's more so um, in terms of expressing, yes, I am expressing myself. But it's really just, uh, I, I would mainly consider it expression because, like I said, this is all manifested. How I see it is all manifested. So through things that I've been through, it's just really me letting everything out. Um, so that's how I would see it. And um, really just trying to change my life with it um, and also make it thing in the music world and um, pay homage to people that influence me, just a lot of things that I want to do with music. Okay. Tell me about the song Closure, then, because you're telling a very interesting story in that song. And one thing I love about music is that when somebody makes music from their heart and soul, you can feel the truth within their music. What happened with Closure? So basically... Closure was kind of like, you know, it's a lot of songs that females have been coming out with that don't paint men in the best light. And my, my idea wasn't to paint anybody in a bad light, but talk about a real situation that I've been through 
and I know some of my friends have been through whereas, you know, you in a relationship with a girl and um you say like you want closure but now we're back to doing things like we're in a relationship. So it's basically asking like what do you really want from me? Like do you want it to be over? Do you want us to be friends? Do you want to work it out? It's more so like really clearing the air with that. And um in terms of the production, well, I was I was uh about to hit up my boy, um, Messiah and everything like that, my god brother. And, you know, the rest of the bros and we gonna play two K but I was like, Let me let me make this beat real quick. So I made the beat and I loved it. The guitar the guitar loop really spoke to me. So once I threw like the eight oh eights and the drums and the hi hats and everything behind it, it just really, you know, took on a whole different life. And um I really wanted to do my first like R and B track to to like make a statement and introduce myself to as another creative aspect in terms of me singing and everything like that. Um because initially, when I was younger, I wanted to be a singer. So that was, like, me introducing myself in that way. So I felt like that was the best way to do it. Mm. Everybody can relate to truth and music. You see what I'm saying? And that's why people get so hurt when we get music that we can't feel. A lot of stuff in music – not music. Let me, start, let me say this, say this again. In the music industry, the stuff that we're given does not feel organic. It feels contrived. It feels false. It feels like it was force-fed to us. But when you get something that speaks from the heart and soul of the creator, it's a, it's a different vibe that comes from it. How do you detect truth, and, how, and why do you put truth in your music and not force yourself to make something? Um, the main reason why I put truth in my music is because I lived through it and it actually happened, and also, like, it would be very relatable to the listener. Even if you haven't necessarily been through that um, situation that I've been through, like I would, I would hope I could, you know, paint the picture well enough for you that you can visualize at least what I'm saying to to grasp the the overall concept of what I'm saying. So, truth is definitely a big part of it. And in terms of people, you know, not really being too authentic with it, it's it's really, you know, when you understand that politics is really about who's the most marketable. So. I feel like that's the reason why certain narratives are pushed in in the mainstream media. But um, I think the truth will always be, you know, relatable and, and lovable music, no matter what. Mm. Do you think that a lot of people are just not telling the truth in you, like me, or do you think there is truth out there and we're just not really get or not not really understanding the, the people's stories? Um. I think it would depend on the artist, but um, I don't. I don't really know. I think, like I said, it would depend on the artist. It could. It could vary. Like some people are very, and also how how the message is coming across. Because somebody could be telling a a very you know true story, but their delivery isn't something that is relatable or something that you can grasp right away. Maybe you might have to listen to it a couple of times. So, like I said, it, it just depends on the artist, really. Hmm. Okay, so then let's talk about your song. Let me get the right title because I want to make sure we do this correctly. The song Dark Nights. Mm. Dark Nights is a story that's very introspective, but it's one that many people, especially in teenage years and early preteen years, can relate to. Talk about Dark Nights and why that song is so relevant, you think? Um, it's, it's really kind of crazy because a lot of people, I didn't, when I wrote the song, I didn't really think that people would have, uh, would, would gravitate to it as, as much as they did to people that have really been tuned into me and really been taking the time to listen to what I've been saying. Um, 
I really didn't know that it would relate to so many people and that a lot of people would be hitting me up saying like, wow, I can, I can relate to this. I was just really, like I said, writing off of past experiences and things that I dealt with. So, um, that was, you know, that's basically what the, the song is about. And, um, in terms of the production aspect, I wanted to take somewhat of a darker element to the music because I felt like I show a lot of sides of myself. But, um, in terms of, the different aspects and the different ways I would like to present myself as an artist. Um, Dark Nights was a good representation of the loner aspect that I've dealt with because I've, I've been through depression. I've been in a classroom full of people, still felt alone. Um, you know, I've, I've always felt like my back was against the wall in terms of people, not really trusting people, things like that, and just having a whole bunch of crazy experiences really formulated that song. So um, by the time I went to record it, um, like I said, when I once I started writing the lyrics, it, it just really spoke to me and, and it really touched me in a way where I was like, my delivery on this track is definitely going to be different, and it it really is distinguished from everything else that I've released thus far. So I'm very proud of it. You should be. I think Dark Knight is a song that a lot of people should hear. You know, I, I think when we talk about the human element of music, which is being lost. To, because people want to make money instead of make make impact in society. I, I think we really lose what is genuine about the art itself, and that's the story. Um, and you said you weren't really going to change out to change, make a record to change the world, but that's what truth does, and that's what the power of music is. Music can bring people together who probably would not have ever spoken like this conversation. I would never have probably met you. But it brings people together and makes them speak, makes them hear, makes them feel things that the average person would not because we're so busy caught up into our own lives that we don't know that we share certain intricacies with other people. How has sharing your music changed your life and changed others' lives who's listened to you? Um, well, it changed my life um, because it was something that I've always wanted to do. So pursuing my craft and, you know, really living and walking in my purpose, that was something I always had dreamed about. So to actually be doing it, it, you know, I think I would have made the younger version of myself very proud just for taking those leaps and bounds because, you know, when you tell people you want to do music, they tell you, like, oh, be realistic or uh, you're not that talented or you're not going to make it, things like that. But after a while, I didn't, I didn't really tell anybody I was going to do music. I just did it. And by the time that people started finding out, the people that I was tuned in was like, wow, this is really good. And, you know, in the beginning, I had some things I had to work on. I'm still working on some things, so I'm not even fully polished as a whole as of yet, in my opinion. But, um, you know, just to just to really have that overall growth in the music is, is something that I'm very proud of as well. Mm. And with that being said, man, I think everybody should go check out your music because, in my opinion, it's not about – whether it's good or not. I think the Dark the Dark Knight song is very, very, very good. I think your self-expression is very, very, very good. I could always give my opinion. And some people are sheep. They're just like, yeah, do you like it? Okay, I'll listen to it because you like it. I don't want people to listen to your music because I like it or like you or anything like that. I want people to listen to your music because I believe too many of us listen to what other people say and we and we miss it. That's why I wanted them to hear from you why you do music and why your music is so important to you. I want to ask you two more questions and then we're going to go to the next part of our interview. From your experience doing music and being inspired by Jay-Z and Michael Jackson and others, now that you could put your name in the same hat as them as creating, 
What's going to take you to your next level to make you even more of a creator and make more impact in your craft? Really, um, well, what will take me to the next level is um, when I release my, my next bodies of work because um, people will really be able to see um, the different aspects of my creativity and its totality in terms of a, a lengthy project, you know what I mean? So um, in terms of EPs and albums and things like that, once you get, like, multiple people will, will start to understand the, the dynamics of my creativity and how versed it is. And um, the main reason why I, I started it is because I wanted to be very distinguished. I was I, I, I took a step back and I evaluated my life, and I thought about, like, how people treated me, how I was really treated like an outcast. And I was, doing, I was watching some videos and everything like that, but um, the videos were basically saying the message of it all was, like, people will resent you when you're chosen for a higher purpose. And once you walk in that purpose and you really achieve what you are supposed to do, um, everything will come back full circle, and everybody will love you at that point. So I'm just taking the steps and, you know, getting to that point. But um, I think that's the main reason. I think, like, in, just in terms of my life journey, like, it, it's going to be very big. I always had big dreams. I wanted to accomplish big things. So pursuing everything that I've ever wanted to do and accomplishing much more than what I, I even know at this current moment in my life is what keeps me going with it. But the men that you chose, particularly, are businessmen. And the business of music is different than creating the music. Mm-hmm. Since you're into creating, I'm, I'm sure business is something that is going to come naturally to you as you continue your trek in music. Mm-hmm. How do you want to expand your music to go into the business realm and not only in the creative realm? Well, I'm actually working on um, starting my record label and becoming a CEO, so that's that'll be the next step for me. And um, you know, just having businesses and certain things in my name is always what I wanted to do. I, I wasn't really sure exactly how I was gonna do it, but as I got older, like I said, I knew I just wanted to do more. So I feel like once I get certain, you know, business licenses under my belt, and you know, my name is fully published as a CEO, it'll really put me in a good spot in terms of being able to negotiate certain things and just increase my overall status as an artist and everything like that. Not really for the flex, but just for the simple fact that I want to have something to my name um, that's lucrative, that's thriving. So that's, that's, that's what I would say it is. With the rise of people taking hip-hop culture by the neck and leading it instead of letting the industry lead them, we have more people who do, like, beat battles, more open mics and things like that. Since you produce and you actually write music and perform music, what lanes or avenues like that, the open mics, the beat battles and things, interest you, and what are your plans with that in your in your, in your future? Um, I've actually, I haven't done like a beat battle, but it was more like a beat showcase. So I've actually tapped into pretty much all of those realms in terms of the open mic, because that's where I did my first performance. It was poetry, in fact, that I read. That I had that I had um, written a, a little bit back. Um, then I went actually to performing my music, so it really helped me take those leaps to like get in front of an audience, you know, see what the kind of direction that I can go with it in terms of performance. So I feel like those those elements will help my overall stage performance and my delivery of the live aspect of my music. Give everybody your social media so they can follow you and learn more about you and hear your music. So my uh, Instagram is 
official underscore underscore Z-Y-A-I-R-E. And my Twitter is official underscore Z-Y-A-I-R-E. That's where you can find me at. Um, I also just started a YouTube page. It's called Official Z-Y-A-I-R-E Music. And I have the creation video of me making the instrumental for Dark Nights up there right now. And I'm actually planning to drop another video, a live performance video that I had did a little bit back um, in March. Um, should be dropping on Friday. So that's where y'all can find me at. Everybody out there listening, it's been a pleasure to interview this young man. But more so, we want to tell you, if you are a person who loves music, go stream his music. But if you love it, buy his music. Because as a young man, he's actually putting his heart and his life into something that if you respect him and his art, we want you to buy into it. If the Internet went down, if the computer systems and everything all over the world failed, if you don't buy and purchase your music, you don't own it. So if you really like and love music, check out Zaire. Check out the singles Closure. Check out Dark Nights. And check out the EDM project Euphoric Vibes because it's worth the listen. And I know you will thank us for that purchase. You agree? I definitely would. All right. And with that being said, it's now it's time for the rapid fire questions. You want to play that game with me? Sure. Okay, well, the rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. What these questions are, are um, they show you depth of not only the music, but mm -hmm. your perspective of music as well. So my first mm -hmm. question would be, what song or, al that song or album from another artist catalog perfectly describes you? Hmm. Perfectly describes me? Um, I would say... Uh, I would say Regret by Jay-Z on Reasonable Doubt. Oh, so. You said, why is that? Yeah, why? Um, you know, it, it's like the way his delivery of, of the um, the overall message is something that I can relate to, not necessarily the selling drugs part, but just the delivery of the message and um, also like, you know, the message in terms of that you can't look back once you know, you move it forward because you got you to gotta really learn how to live with things that you aren't comfortable with or things in your life that aren't, um, that you aren't happy with. So, like he said, you got to live with regrets and, you know, keep it, keep it pushing. So, that's what I do. Like, I can't cry over spilled milk, but I definitely got to keep it pushing regardless. Did you ever hear the remix that Nicole Ray did for the, for the, um, the tribute to, um, Reasonable Doubt? Hmm. I heard I heard the 2006 version of it, but I don't believe I heard that one that you're talking about. I would, since you're a music person, you know Nicole. Well, Nicole Ray is an R&B singer. She was on, on Rockefeller before they mm -hmm. split up, and they did a Reasonable Doubt tribute album to Jay Z because he was supposed to retire when the Black album came out. I would love for you to listen to that song and let me know what you think about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Question number two. Zaire makes music, so I can't ask him a question that's only hip-hop based, so I want to ask you a question that's music based. Okay. In your experience and understanding and studying music, if someone told you to define music in five albums, what five albums would you give them? I would give them um, Thriller by Michael Jackson, um, Bad by Michael Jackson, um, Illmatic, 
uh, reasonable doubt. And the last one, mm, what would I give it? I would say, I would say, mm, maybe The Bomb by Chris Cross. The Bomb by Chris Cross. Whoa! That's deep. Why that? Why them? Oh, I love I love Chris Cross, man. Like, it was so dope. I, I, me personally, like, I love the '90s. Like, I've watched a lot of '90s content and, and '80s content, but Chris Cross, like, I, I I don't really necessarily know exactly what it is that made me gravitate to him so heavily. But like, they style, they hold delivery, and you know, I feel like you know it's the '90s, so they had the bags of fans. That was pretty cool for the times and everything like that. But I feel like as you know, teenagers and you know. How, how young they were to be really like if you really listen to them they was they was talking about real things that was happening in their community and everything like that and they had you know a lot of different songs so I I definitely like Chris Cross so interesting <laughs> this is very very interesting so all right was your song Super Cat and Chris Cross <laughs> I like I like the way around um I like the bomb I like tonight tonight I like Mac and A Easy um, what else? Um, dang, there's another song. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I I get it. We only gotta go into all that, but I haven't yeah. heard about a heard of people call, talk about Chris Cross in years. That was very interesting. Yeah. As a as a person who creates music and who performs on music, how do they both influence each other and make you a better artist? Um, they definitely both influence each other because. A good performance can really boost your confidence, especially if the crowd is really rocking with you. And you can take that into the studio, which should then transition into better delivery and everything like that. So it just it, it really goes hand in hand. You know, that confidence that you get from the crowd really vibing with you and everything like that can really boost your self-esteem in terms of making you want to do it more, may even give you some inspiration, some things to write about to take to the studio. So I think it, it's that confidence boost on both ends. I don't like how people act like a person who creates beats and rhyming on it is is regular or it's the norm because it's really not. But it happens more than we give credit to and uh, to the artist too. Um, your influences are more vocal. What producers or beat creators or music producers, music creators, who influences you when you could just turn on a beat? and just takes you to a special place? Um, I really didn't even realize until later on in life once I started, but once I started looking in depth, I would say um, Pharrell and Timberland and Swiss Beats. Those those would be like my top three for people. And um, actually Jermaine Dupree. Nice. Okay. Well, you like to study music? Yes. I think you picked out some, some, some God-level talent. <laughs> with that, but um, right. keep you keep studying, and you'll see who even the people who influence them are just as great. Like like me, I studied the uh, the Motown people. I studied uh Quincy Jones. I studied um, you know, people say Dr. Dre. You know, Rick Rubin is great. I mean, there's so many good people out there that I, 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 because you're a fan of music and you and, you, and you're a student of music, I would love to hear your ear mature. So I'm gonna be watching you, and I'm gonna be um. Okay checking you out for years to come because you've earned that respect from me and what I've, what, what journey I see you're, you're, you're actually going on. And with that being said, let's continue with Zaya the performer. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Zaya the producer. 
who would you like to produce a track for, and, and what kind of sound would you would you want to take them into? Oh man, I definitely want to produce a track for Nas. Um, I gotta produce a track for Jay Z. Um, I want to produce a track for Wiz Khalifa and Chris Brown, and for um, for those people, like I, I really like to have you know Nas and Jay Z like. They don't. They not straying from the '90s sound because it's embedded in them. But I think I can offer them like a different sound that's more current, but still true to that boom bap era that they came up in. So I would I would say that for them. Um, for Wiz, probably something like a little something upbeat. You know, he 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 tends to vary in terms of his production choice. And um, Chris Brown, I definitely will have some R&B tracks in the cut already made. So he would have you know to pick up whichever one he would like to get on. So then, Zaire, the the artist, what would be his dream track? Who's producing it or who's on it with him, dead or alive, no restrictions? Um, yeah. Um, I would say my dream track would probably be, um, I would produce it, of course. But if I could, I would have um, Jay-Z. I would have Big L. Um, I would have Nas. And maybe Michael Jackson for the chorus. Oh, so Jay Z, Big L, Nas, and Michael Jackson. That, that, that's amazing. That, that is amazing. Okay, okay. I love, I love what you're saying. That's, that's, that's damn, damn amazing and good. Okay, so I have three more questions, and then we're going to finish off this interview. Um, my question to you then is this. What is the voice in music that we're not hearing that you think people may or may not appreciate? The voice in music that people may or may not appreciate. I think it's a lot of people that that's really not appreciated. But I would say um, Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. You think Machine Gun Kelly is a voice in music that's not being appreciated? Yeah. Why so? Not by not by an urban audience, rather. Okay, and what do you think we're missing? Um, just giving him a chance, really. You know, people tend to write you off just as, just because of your appearance or things like that. But um, when you if you listen to his music, you know, put aside the fact that he's um, Caucasian, um, he really talks about things that's relatable. He has different flows. And his latest project is real good, in my opinion. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the project. So, yeah, I think Machine Gun Kelly. Um, have you traveled around and in, in, in outside of New York and showed everybody your art when it comes to your music? Um, yeah, I actually, when I was in school, I was performing in Virginia. That's actually the first place that I performed at this place called The Venue in, in, um, in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been I've been doing a little things here and there. Okay, what what have you learned of yourself by exposing yourself to different audiences, exposing your music to different um territories when it comes to playing music? Um, I'm gonna try to summarize it in like three things. One, um, I believe that my talent is limitless. Um, two, I believe that my talent is diverse, and um. Three, I would say that I have everything that I need to in terms of the mental aspect um, to really make it far in life and really be the, the greatest artist of all time. That's my goal, to everybody that I'm influenced by, be number one.
Okay, and we come to the final question of this episode. We thank Zaire for coming on Heritage Hip Hop. Uh, shout out to MJ. We uh, also want to give a shout out to your ears and your creative entity because at the end of the day, you're changing the world with your sound. And for everybody who gets a chance to hear your sound, they're being blessed with something new, original, and creative, and we appreciate you for that. So whenever you come to, you will have something that you would like to promote. You're always welcome on Heritage Hip Hop. We are not a bougie mainstream um, type of uh, platform. We believe that everybody has a story and has a right to tell your story, tell their story, and to separate yourself from the pack of thousands of songs that come out every day. Your story is going to make you stand out. So I'm about to ask you the most important question of your first interview which means you're always welcome to come back whenever there's something new that you have to promote. You want to promote anything that you create, all right? Okay. All right. So the most important question of this interview is this. 500 years from now, Zaire will not be walking the planet. May the Most High bless you and your family so that no tragedy or anything befalls your life or your family at any present or current time. May your life be full and may your blessings be just as full, all right? Mm-hmm. But 500 years from now, you're not going to be here, but your digital footprint is going to be here. Your music is going to be here. Your, your, your story is going to be told through everything that you create. So my most important question to you is, when they go to the Music Hall of Fame and they talk about Zaire, I want you to answer this. What is the legacy that you have established that made the world better because they listened or heard or experienced your music? Uh, the legacy that I want to leave behind is, you know, a kid from Brooklyn who, you know, was constantly being put down, but no matter what, triumphed, and then really took that, took it to the next level in terms of pursuing his purpose. So somebody who, um, you know, stayed on their grind and, you know, paid their dues until they got to the top. And the other legacy I want to leave is helping people um, either heal from trauma or have my music be a sense of outlet to where they can, you know, feel joy, freedom, maybe cry if they want. You know, just freedom of expression, and um, I just want people to appreciate the the freedom that comes with the creativity and my and my overall totality of my artistry. And with that being said, everybody, creativity does not rest on what's cool or what's not. Creativity comes from God, and hip hop is not a music. Hip hop is God culture. So always listen to your inner voice. Always give praise, and no matter what makes you different or what differences you have, that's what makes you perfect. So find your perfection, accept your perfection, and be the best at being the perfect you you can be. This is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop with Zaire, and we say peace, and we out. The youth today have a very strong message in their music, and all it takes is for people to give them a chance and to grow with them in real time with their music. We're growing with you, Zaire, and we wish you the best. So everybody, go make sure you go check out his music and support his movement because we're teaching this young man the truth about hip-hop, and that's support, peace, love, and importantly, unity. This episode of the Heritage Hip-Hop Podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We bring your future favorite artists to you today with second-to-none interviews and highlighting new videos We extend our platform to all independent and mainstream artists who want to tell their story, not just showcase music. To follow us, go to HeritageHipHop.com and become a member. You can follow us on 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Heritage Hip Hop. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Heritage Hip Hop. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, like, comment, and share on any video that's there. We have freestyle videos, interviews. We have whatever you're looking for that celebrates the hip hop culture. So Heritage Hip Hop at YouTube. This episode is also brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to change your life, one decision catering to your finances can do so. Go to heritagehiphop.com, click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair, and you will receive 20% off of all services given by Transparent Credit Repair. Before we get out of here, we want to give our shout outs to everybody who helps make this show possible. Shout out to BQ of Fatty's Place. Shout out to BQ for healing up. We're happy that you're home, bro. Shout out to Michael Bradley of Transparent Credit Repair. Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment LLC with his new sports podcast on Lex P on YouTube. Our resident MC marketing promotion person, Fire Jaws. You can hit him at F-I-R-E-J-A-W-S on Instagram. He's the owner of Wildfire Marketing. If you got a product or something you want to move, check him out. I'd like to also give a shout out to the Goodfellas, Goodfellas TV. Weekly, I myself am a, am a guest host on Goodfellas TV's The Recap with the Goodfellas, which you can find on Tommy Guns on YouTube, Goodfellas TV on <clears throat> Facebook, and GoodfellasTV.com. That's G O O D F E L L A Z TV.com. And shout out to Tommy Guns, DJ Big A, Shaw Montana, and Dab the Photographer. But most importantly, the person who makes Heritage Hip Hop work is you. So we want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for your continued guidance. We appreciate all of you out there. If you're looking to donate to Heritage Hip Hop, you can go to www.storefrontier.com slash Heritage Hip Hop. Pick up a hoodie, pick up a t-shirt, or something that represents you very well. All podcasts are available on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you stream your podcast to meet your podcasting information needs. With that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop thanking you once again. I've overcame COVID, so we're going back to work to bringing you more of what we do, which is celebrate hip hop culture, which is God culture. Because being that you are God's heritage, our heritage is hip hop and God is hip hop. With that being said, We say peace and we out.